straight bout it I'm not pouting Break through walls and climb it mountains If you want it, scream it loud What's up superstars? Welcome to the Brain Tainment Podcast. Listen, if you're someone who wants to build more confidence within yourself, your ability to perform, to execute, to build skills, or to just feel better, or if you're someone who wants to architect a new empowering identity, this is the platform for you. Listen, we have all kinds of guests on this program from the psychology space, neuroscience, sports, as well as cultural icons and influences where we get to pick apart their story and learn a bit more about them. So be sure to subscribe. I hope you get value from this show. If you do, if you do enjoy it, please, please, please do me a favor. Put it on your socials, share it with friends and families who you think this message could help or they would enjoy. And be sure to share the love and tag me on those platforms. We'd love to get some feedback. Without further ado, enjoy this episode. Hey, what's up, gang? Welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Jessica Lowe, who is a real voice in the space of trauma. She's an empowering educator for adults with complex trauma. She's a writer, a mental health advocate. And today is a conversation I've been looking forward to for a little while. If you followed this show, you know I like to follow my own curiosity and provide you guys with really anything that's going to be somewhat useful, whether that's something that helps you think better, feel better, understand ourselves a little bit more. And the space of, of trauma is one that I've just started dipping my toe into, and I'm excited to unpack that a little bit more uh, with this wonderful person. So Jess, thanks so much for carving out the time and coming on the show. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. It's very exciting. I love it when people get curious about this topic because it really is a um a bit of a can of worms once you open it and you can't really see this the world the same way once you understand it very true I, I alluded to it just then but it's something that I've just started exploring and it's a real rabbit hole to dive into one because it's interesting and then two you can really start to to identify certain things that may be of use to move forward or things that it may have stopped us in the past or um there's a lot to unpack anyway but I reckon to start just to set the scene and give people some context. Um, the idea of, of complex trauma, complex uh, PTSD. Could you give us an insight as to what that is all about, and then we'll we'll unpack it a bit more. Yeah. So um, a lot of what I do comes from my own journey and own lived experience. Um, I was diagnosed with this thing called complex PTSD, a mom of a single mom of two kids. At the time I was married and she had a breakdown, uh, didn't know what was going on, suffered from very severe anxiety that was triggered by various life circumstances. And I was sent to a, a psychologist, like a very highly sought after psychologist my GP did not know what to do with me but he was like I wanted to send you to the best got me into someone who you couldn't get into and she didn't know what to do with me (laughs) because she was I was suffering suffering from high anxiety I was having body symptoms so it felt like my body was being electrocuted all day Mm. Um, I was only sleeping every second night So I was having symptoms that scared the shit out of me because when I did all my Google searching, it seemed to fit into multiple different categories. So I was like, I'm fucked basically. Hmm. And the more that no one knew what was going on, the more terrified I got, uh, which made the cycle worse. And all that they could come to was that I was suffering from severe anxiety 
And so generally when you get diagnosed with a mental health condition like like a anxiety or depression, let's say, the approach is the, the big evidence-based approaches that we have and that our psycho- psychologists are taught are um, uh, generally mind-focused therapies. So therapies mm. like cognitive behavioural therapy or acceptance and commitment therapy where really we are working with the prefrontal cortex and hoping that that part of the brain is working so that we can say if we're anxious about a particular thing, the therapist is looking for what is she afraid of and how can we reframe that and how can she reframe that or exposure therapies, which is what they were trying to basically use on me, which um, things like if you're afraid of a particular feeling or afraid of a spider and they put it, they'll bring the spider into the room a little bit so that you have to deal with the feeling. Now, when my therapist started to use these approaches on me, I got worse. It terrified me because the feelings that I was having in my body, I was having cognitive delusions, like thinking that it's very hard to explain, but if you talk to anyone with complex trauma and they're mm. having a um, resurfacing of their trauma, it, it feels like your brain has been shattered into a thousand pieces there are feelings, emotions and thoughts that don't match the current circumstances that you are in. It can feel like you're going crazy. I thought I was going to end up in the gutter, like living on the street, a crazy person. Like I I very much was terrified. Mm. And as the therapist offered these therapies and it wasn't working, naturally I became more and more spiralled and she pretty much gave up on me and, and, and said, Jess, Um, Your issue is that you have such a need to control situations that um, we need to just get you comfortable, more comfortable with that feeling. That is like the worst thing that you could ever do to someone with complex trauma. So in answering what is complex PTSD, it is not just anxiety. It is not just depression. It's not something that you can think your way out of. Complex and of how our systems, our whole uh, nervous system, how it was wired to interact with the world from childhood. So it's caused by childhood trauma, mostly mm. in the developing stages of our life or long-term ongoing interpersonal trauma, things like prisoner of war situations. But it's mostly um, when you've, grown up in domestic violence or childhood abuse over a long period of time while your brain was developing, uh, it it changes the way our brain physically forms and it's actually a physical brain injury which affects mm. the nervous system um, and it's very much not understood in the mainstream medical community yet. It's starting to become understood but in Australia, we've got a long way to go. Our, our social services workers know all about it because once you are trauma-informed, you understand why crime happens, why addictions happen, why a lot of our social problems happen, and they're more uh, concentrated within certain uh, low socioeconomic groups or uh, minority groups or groups that have a lot of uh, injustice or, mm. or trauma. But it doesn't discriminate and it can be across all uh, socioeconomic groups and groups of people. And so is this something that is wildly rare or is it something that's actually extremely prevalent? You know, we talk about, I've highlighted on this show a number of times. Extremely prevalent. 
how much like anxiety, depression, mental health issues Australians are rife with all kinds of all kinds of challenges. So we know how prevalent that is. But when it comes to something like complex trauma, you know, I'd argue that the majority of listeners potentially may have may not have heard that terminology until just now. So based on um, the journey that you've gone through and what you've looked into, is this saying it's actually surprisingly um, common amongst adults today? It is so common and it is more common than we realise. Like mm. we, we often segregate um, mental health into different categories. So we've got our depression people, we've got our anxiety people, but we also know that complex trauma is beneath a lot of those things. So once you understand trauma neurobiology, the way childhood trauma affects brain development mm. and our nervous system, um, anxiety can be a normal, it's a protective response. It's a, it's a normal response if we're suffering from panic disorders, which is, was part of what I experienced. And then you understand your own trauma that's beneath it, it. It starts to make sense of why we do also suffer from things like depression and anxiety because they're actually protective. So uh, rather than looking at the symptoms, uh, complex trauma looks at the root cause. And even in psychiatry, uh, before psychiatry became about drugs, it used to be, you know, you'd go and you'd lie in that chair and you'd talk about your childhood. Uh, we don't do that anymore. And the psychiatrist, so the way I actually found out I had complex PTSD was uh, a close friend of mine who I lived with before I got married. So I was just really lucky to have a close contact in the field of psychiatry. She had uh, specialised in complex trauma because she noticed that in her field of psychiatry, nothing that they were doing was helping people. She continued to see uh, women particularly coming in with abuse from partners and children with the issues as well, and nothing that they were doing was working. They were just labelling them with personality disorders and looking at the anxiety and the PTSD when there was more beneath it. So she started to research complex trauma out of her own interest and, and she picked it up in me straight away. And it, luckily, complex PTSD was only labelled as a diagnosis in 2018. So if I hadn't have been, if this mm. had happened in 2016, I probably would have been put into the system and labelled as, you know, you've got a personality disorder or maybe you've got bipolar or something else. It's very yeah, right. misdiagnosed. So I want to get into the I want to get into the roots of this, and um, you mentioned, you know, uh, complex PTSD is largely about the root cause as opposed to you know just treating symptoms, and, and we'll talk a bit more about symptoms soon, whether it's psychological or physiological. But um, in terms of then getting to the root cause, is there is there a sample size of people that are potentially unaware what that might be? Because I know the body, the mind has crazy mechanisms of like blocking things, hiding things, uh, forgetting things. So what, like, what does that process look like for someone? Is it, is it always the case that they have an awareness of, Hey, this situation took place or oh, I went through this, or is there also a group of people that maybe, you know, they've gone through some sort of experience as a child or a young adult and perhaps have either forgotten it or they've just disregarded it as it's not that big a deal yet. When in reality, Huge. maybe it's actually playing 100%. out. In, yeah. Look, the mechanisms are there. We're human beings. Our brains, our attachment, we like we need 
everything as a baby that comes into our attachment with our parents will form the way our brain physically grows. We know this. It, it affects our epigenetics. Um, we know through the, the work of John Bowlby, who is like the father of attachment theory. We know through the work of people like uh, Bessel van der Kolk, who wrote the book, The Body Keeps the Score. We know through the work of um, Stephen Porges, polyvagal therapy. We know that when our brain is developing, we have um, protective survival mechanisms that are in place. And part of that, as you sort of touched on there, is the um, shutting down of memory and fragmentation. So what happens in the brain when we have an over, like trauma really is just the way I've heard it described by people like Peter Levine, who's another great expert in complex, like understanding trauma, is trauma is just any experience that we have where we have not got the ability to cope with the overwhelming emotion or sensations that that traumatic experience may be and our brains will respond. When we are babies, if we are left to cry, so you know how there's a lot of different methods um, for uh, raising babies. Like if you were a baby that was neglected and never picked up or, or held, um, you can die from not mm. being touched. They've, they've done research and I think it was Lithuania or Romania or something like that where the orphans, it's quite a famous uh, study where orphans, they went through a period of history where they were like, we're just going to leave them and not touch them, and they all died. Mm. The only ones that started to thrive were the ones that were picked, picked up or they found out that some nurses were coming up and cuddling them. So we are biologically wired to respond but yes when we uh, um, grow up we may some people survive things like that or periods of that when they're a child and if if things happen to you when you're a baby you can't remember that I mean my five-year-old daughter can't remember things from two years ago so mm. in those early phases how sometimes we might be having difficulties in relationships difficulties with our mental health before we can remember and mm. it takes like a good therapist a good trauma-informed therapist to be able to help uh, navigate those sort of situations but sometimes we have memories from childhood that we've completely forgotten they could come up like severe traumatic memory could come up and surface when you're 60 years old mm. and completely turn your life upside down and it happens to a lot of people yeah and so what are some ways that that may manifest you touched on a couple you mentioned that electric shock kind of feeling it yeah. may it may be different for different people but what are some of the I, I reckon what I'm more interested in what are some of the physiological impacts that people might potentially start to identify which may be just through lack of understanding are putting in the basket of just generalized anxiety or something yeah. like that when in fact it could be a trauma response so what are some of the physiological yeah. impacts to be aware of Gosh, like that is such a huge thing because it's it's dependent on the trauma, it's dependent on mm. the person. Um, trauma is stored in the body as memory. So sometimes um, we can have feelings in our body. Uh, we can have things called emotional flashbacks and you can have somatic, I can never say the word, somatoform or somaticized symptoms. I can't mm. say it. Somatic symptoms. So an emotional flashback, this is what happened to me. I had both. I began to have extremely strong emotional reactions to men in particular um, in positions of power or authority. Um, I 
I was transferring a lot of my childhood uh, fears and experiences onto present situations that were not actually, uh, they, they didn't match the, the current situation. So my body was protecting me, thinking we're back there, when I consciously did not have any particular need to be afraid, but my body was in terror. Mm. Um, my, my stress responses were on and I basically wanted to punch men in the face, like probably half decent people, <laughs> but it was, it, and it wasn't, um, it was a, what we call an emotional flashback where we are experiencing emotions that were unable to be processed at that age. It's like our brain begins to release them to begin to process them. And it, and it's terrifying and can really destabilize your life Mm. so um it might like with trauma coming up it might look like very strong emotional it's called affect dysregulation which is a cornerstone uh symptom of complex ptsd which is the ability to regulate your emotions so emotions just out of control uh, and with the somatic-based symptoms, yes, uh, that can be pain flashbacks where we feel pain in the body. And a lot of the time, and this happened to me, I was having a lot of gut symptoms and physiological symptoms, thinking that I was sick and dying when there was nothing wrong with me. And they were doing all these tests, and that's very co- common. Uh, there's a very high correlation, particularly for women who've experienced sexual assault uh, between fibromyalgia, which is a pain condition, and sexual abuse. Yeah. And a lot of people, like women in particular, I think one in four will experience some kind of sexual assault under the age of 15, I think, which is huge. And mm. yet we're not looking at the impacts physiologically, emotionally, attachment-wise on how 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 this affects our behavior and our experience of the world when we we grow up Mm. yeah i mean it makes sense if you sort of zoom out and look at it logically it makes sense that these sort of experiences are going to have some sort of lasting impact i think people generally understand uh that like i guess the psychological impact like how that might manifest but then it's nice to now it's it's interesting to unpack how it also shows up in the body. I love that you mentioned, you know, trauma being looked at as a memory stored in the body. I think it's a really good way to kind of conceptualize what, what happens there. Um, and then of yeah. course, if you're not properly informed and you're not, you don't have this awareness, it's, you know, you can see how people can really fall into repetitive cycles of trying or talking off air about, you know, seeing different therapists and trying different modalities and people particularly involved or interested in the personal growth space. Cause they're so curious and open to like yeah. solving their own problems. And then of course, for others, it's, it's often, um, you know, ambiguous. And so drawing some light, I suppose, on understanding, one, where it comes from is really important. But then also I imagine a large part of the work that you're doing now is educating people. Like, okay, what, what can we do to start to regulate the body, the nervous system, the mind? And so just sort of transitioning into that, are there, are there best practices for people and, and certainly for yourself in your own journey, I'd love to know that you found really helpful to, I guess, um, start to recalibrate that nervous system and you know, ultimately feel better. Yeah. Okay. So when it came to my, all of my stuff coming up, um, the, the, the sad thing is that if people don't get trauma informed care, the cycle, the, the train of recovery, like that they're going to be set on is 
They're going to go to all different people for help. They're going to go to coaches. They're going to go to psychologists. They're going to go to doctors. And generally, they're going to be approached, like you said, like they're going to have this mechanistic approach where they're going to separate body from mind. They're going to say, okay, we're going to send you to a psychologist for your mind and they're going to look at your mind and how you can, you know, better think better. But the issue with trauma is that complex trauma hijacks the rational brain. So I mentioned before that one of the cornerstone symptoms is affect dysregulation. So that happens because the amygdala or the fear centre of our brain is on high alert all the time. We're going to fight, flight, freeze. And no matter how much personal work you're going to try and do on reflecting on your thinking and trying to have a better attitude, it's not going to work. It will not work because trauma is firing in the emotional parts of the brain, in the, the right part of the brain, not your left part of your brain. The logical, all of that shuts off. So mm. what ends up happening, we go to get help from coaches or and these suggestions and then we fail at them. And then when we fail at them, the coaches or the, the doctors or whatever, they are like, this person's just got a shit attitude um, and then shames them inadvertently but they don't have any more solutions to them. Mm. So that's the point at which trauma-informed takes a whole 360-degree different approach and it looks at, okay, this person has got trauma surfacing for a reason. Something is, is freaking coming up here and generally what it is is no safety. So the difference between someone with a single event trauma and someone with complex trauma is if you have an, a trauma later in life, like say you went to war, uh, you had a nice foundation of your identity, of your sense of safety in the world, that is a privilege that you can return to after you've ex- processed that trauma. If you've got complex trauma and then you experience a traumatic event, you have no foundation for your sense of safety in the world to return to. Mm. And so really all of the recovery journey is about going back to that foundation and creating safety. So if you look at, there's a wonderful, we've been talking a lot about the body holding trauma, pretty much the father of uh, complex PTSD is a man named Bessel van der Kolk. He's a psychiatrist from the Netherlands. And I was lucky enough to do his two-day workshop in 2020 before COVID hit. And he discovered complex PTSD with another psychiatrist named Judith Herman. And If you look at both of their uh, approaches to uh, recovery, it's about establishing safety. So when I became unwell, I went, my friend who was the psychiatrist ended up taking me in. She said, we're getting you out of all these other things. You're coming to see me, which, you know, normally a psychiatrist wouldn't do for a friend, but I was up shit creek and there was no one helping me and she took me on. And the first thing she said to me, and I'll never forget it because my husband at the time was with me and he worked for a church, right? And I used to be very involved in the church and I'm not anymore, but that environment was what triggered my trauma because of all the male-dominated patriarchal controlling environment we were in. My husband, beautiful man, but we were in a a system that, that triggered my trauma. And I remember we sat down and he didn't understand why I was having all these emotional reactions for so long in that environment. And then I remember 
<laughs> my the psychiatrist, Dr. Karen Williams, she's amazing. She just looked at him and she said, well, Grant, that's because you're a big, tall man with a big dick. And so <laughs> you're never going to understand what it's like to be a woman in an environment like that. Mm. You're never going to understand. And then if you're a woman who's experienced um, abuse and trauma over many years from men in power, you're never going to understand it. So the first thing was validation. And I think a lot of the time the, the first thing in trauma-informed is if people are not changing their behaviour and things are still coming up and they're still getting triggered, it's because no one ever said to you, your feelings are valid, your mm. anger is valid. And we really don't like doing that. In our left brain-centred like positive psychology era that we live in. It's like, let's fix the problem almost. Let's, let's fix the problem. But the problem is that the person didn't get anyone. They say, I think I read somewhere, and this is perfectly explains it. Um, trauma is that which stays in the body in the absence of an empathetic witness. Mm. So until someone has had an empathetic witness to their pain. Like today, my daughter, she, her brother ran his bike into her. So slack, just brother and sister stuff, just being annoying to each other. And he hurt her a little bit. She comes to me bawling her eyes out. I could have just left her and said, oh, pfft, you know, calm down. And this is only a small thing, but imagine an abuse situation where as a child you are continually having your boundaries crossed your feelings neglected, you don't matter, your needs don't matter, and then no one ever, ever acknowledged it. Mm. And your emotional reactions, you'd be in trouble for it if you were to stick up for yourself, you'd be potentially in danger if you were to fight back. If that has happened over a long period of time, it's going to all come up in adulthood. Mm. You're not okay, your boundaries were crossed. And so you need the cuddles, you need the, the empathy, you need that attachment to go, I see you, I see your pain. And then as a child, we learn to regulate ourselves. It's almost like in adulthood through the therapeutic relationship that we have with our therapist or whoever our trauma-informed connection is, we need to basically have a safe attachment in adulthood to do the work that childhood missed out on. It's mm, a powerful idea. And I suppose what we're talking about here just goes back to that idea of creating safety right it feels like the, mm -hmm. the, the, the perfect word um, very simple human stuff it's actually really difficult to evidence base and it's mm. very difficult to turn into a um, gold standard clinical treatment because it actually comes back to human decency and human connection and human attachment and we really don't like that in our Aussie convict Mm. history like we're not affectionate we're not we don't actually naturally do these things for each other and then we wonder why we have marriages just blowing up people having affairs people you know it's not we're not an emotionally engaged or validating to emotion culture mm. and I reckon that um what's super interesting about that idea of like Empathy, and I'd love to get your thoughts on this, empathy, relationships, you know, feeling safety and the validation piece. What's super interesting is, you know, juxtaposed against uh, other areas of our life, whether it's, you know, in our body and mind that we're trying to improve or, or change or fix, dare I say, whatever it might be, you know, it's it can be challenged if you go down that road and you're exploring the wrong modalities, the wrong approaches, yet 
people around you by contrast uh you know um promoting different ideas and you can do this and you and in large part, you know, I, subscri- I subscribe to the idea that we can always get better, improve and da 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 yeah. But then if you're doing the wrong fucking things is what I'm hearing yes. from you, then all of a sudden, like you just, I imagine, we'll, we'll start to judge ourselves. 100%. You'll fall on I your face. Yeah. That was me and that is me. I feel like I became a high school teacher because I innately knew I was always... I, I loved, I, I was an intelligent girl, but I had a really rough start to life. And I felt like I said to my therapist, I said, I feel like I've got an invisible disability that no one sees. And she said, that's exactly right. And I said, and the world is built for the people who don't have it. The, the world's built for people like who can just suck it up and have the good attitude. And I'm falling on my face and exhausted and and I just felt like through my life I was just falling over, falling over, falling over. And and my body just couldn't handle the expectations of life. And no one on the outside would, and I was very good at compartmentalising my life as a um, survival mechanism. So my way of coping with trauma was to switch off the trauma I experienced in my um, personal life and get to school looking all pretty. And I was so good at, because I knew if I'm going to survive in this world, I have to, I have to be someone who hasn't got this story. Mm. So I would switch it off, but it all came back up. And I think, I guess I got to the point where nothing, it, it was coming up so much that my body eventually broke and my nervous system. And it was 10 months of basically my therapist said it's like a um, semi-trailer is now flying down a mountain and no pushing of one brake is going to stop it. It's going to be a long, slow, multiple approach. There's not mm. one size fits all treatment because it's unique to you. We need to get your body calm. We need to find your safety. We need you to put your boundaries in. And that that's a whole life shift. Mm. And and no one, unfortunately, there aren't many people who understand how to support us. Our friends won't get it our closest people won't get it but yes we feel like failures um, Mm. when we have complex trauma because no one understands that how much uh, it affects our body and day-to-day ability to meet expectations of life Mm, definitely so you've built this amazing community online now i'll link to the show in the show notes where people can connect with you and we know we've spoken about validation empathy feeling safety um unpack complex from what it is and i think it'd be interesting i reckon some people tuning in may may resonate and some may just be super familiar with identifying these sort of symptoms in people that they know and love so it'd be really interesting to see um you know what people can do with this information but for the people that connect with you now through your community um are there certain like are there common questions or common concerns that that you find that people are coming to you with or is there like are there common themes yeah. Um, that you feel like you now want to use this platform and your understanding and your own journey to start to, I guess, help with? Yes. Yeah, so the reason I started my page was because once I got that trauma-informed care, it's like a whole light bulb switched in my head. And I, first of all, realised I am normal. Mm. Um, I was suicidal. I thought no one could help me when I went through that uh, re-traumatization in therapy I became worse and worse and it like when I say 
trauma resurfacing is the most painful, horrible, lonely experience. Like it's such a hard thing to explain. But when I tell my story on Instagram and people have connected, everyone says the same thing. Yes, I felt like my brain had shattered into a million pieces. I felt like that too. And the, and it's such a it's such an intense thing that people mm. go through. And it, and once you realize you're not alone, um, that's the beginning of hope, right? And the, the biggest thing is when you have complex trauma, it's a very hopeless situation. So initially why I started my page was because when I was very unwell, no one understood me. Um, I went on like Instagram and all of the abuse and trauma stuff is very dark like really hopeless like it was very angry and I and that's a valid experience yeah but I wanted to know I'm gonna get better because I didn't think I was going to I thought there is no way my brain is ever gonna get back together again and I'll never enjoy life again I'll never feel good again and I'll never be able to mother again and I once I got the trauma-informed care, I just sucked onto every little bit of education that made me feel like there was hope and I started to write about my experience and what I was learning and then I started to see people going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, that's me too, me too, me too. So like I've said, the, sometimes people are doing all of these self-work but it's not working because they need to get validation. So I am trying to offer first and foremost the validation that may prevent someone ending their life because they're realising, okay, I think I know I've had this life mm. experience as well and this girl has as well. And so that means that there's hope. Mm. Um, what else did you ask in questions? Sorry, I always get a bit sidetracked and when no, I'm I was, about I was curious what's, what's no, I'm very much the same <laughs> no, don't ever ask me a question about rap music because then I'll just I'll, I'll go on a tangent <laughs> oh, for, no. for about five we hours did. oh yay I'm such a ghetto bitch it's, oh, I have to get it's you on just part, who I am we'll get you on for part two we'll just, <laughs> we'll just digress over a couple of Eno's and <laughs> talk about the best music um I guess and look I think we've provided uh, a really good insight into what the, what complex trauma looks like and what yeah. some of the what, what some of the really important best practices are to start and that validation piece is huge you know i think what's really interesting is we look at the lay of the land right now in the world obviously with covid running rife throughout the world and just this sheer volume of isolation and and the yeah. impact that that's having is crazy so what's interesting is if you take covid out of it and put life back to quote unquote normal mm. And you've got someone like yourself, like you've alluded to, and so many other people that still have that same feeling despite what's reflected on the outside and what's normal on paper. It's that feeling of isolation, of not being understood, of not being connected. It's, oh, yeah. just, it's just, just, uh, just as detrimental. And so I suppose, you know, the idea of being able to connect with people who know what they're talking about, people that have gone through similar experiences or at least experiences the same kind of visceral response in their body is... Um, I imagine to some extent, kind of encouraging to, to then start not feeling Piecing as isolated. Back together. Right? Yeah. So that was the initial start is to just provide, like my page is called CPTSD Hope. It's that, um, okay, you might have been diagnosed with it or you identify that you have complex trauma. You A lot of people who come to my page have had a crisis, like a trauma resurfacing or a severe breakdown where they've realised, okay, this is, 
something pretty fucking serious and I'm desperate to know that I'm going to be okay. So a lot of the people who come to my page are people who were in a similar situation to me. They're a bit further behind in the journey of starting to realise, oh, my God, I think that maybe all of these symptoms and mental health symptoms and things that are happening to me or relational difficulties are, are as a result of my childhood. So I am trying to provide first the validation um, that what they have been through is valid, the education for them to understand some of the science, like psychoeducation is such an important part in trauma recovery because no one is a better expert on your story than you. Uh, however, in saying that, we need other people to heal from trauma because if you haven't been shown, we are shown how to love ourselves when we are attached to healthily in childhood. And if you've never received that, mm. we need people around us. So I'm tri- trying to create a community online and I'm so proud of it because it really is the safest, most beautiful bunch of people that all support one another. And I have a lot of interaction in my, in my comments. So I do, um, coaching one-on-one for people who are in that sort of crisis and need help because complex trauma is uh it's a whole life affecting thing Uh, I'm not a therapist I don't go into deep trauma I probably will end up going in that direction in the future but what I do is help people who've probably done their therapy but now they need to case manage their life because there are it affects our health it affects our physiology so we need to like you've heard of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, it's like the triangle where we have base needs and we can only get to the top of like self-actualization and self. It's such a privilege to be up the top there. But if we don't have our base needs met, like our, our breath, our, our food, our shelter, our body warmth, mm. things like that, those things, everything's a foundation on top of that. So I really try to help people to build their lives. If their lives are falling apart up here or they're not up here and you've got complex trauma, it's because these base levels um, require a lot more uh, support. And and I, the most devastating thing to me is that people with complex trauma are some of the most empathetic and gorgeous souls you'll ever meet because they know what it's like to feel isolated, alone and rejected. So what they have to offer the world is huge. So we need people with that empathy up the top mm. and that potential is huge. So I love to support high achieving people that have complex trauma to remain in that place of being able to do what they do best in the world. Very well said. I love that framing of having these fundamentals met first. So many people are trying to self-actualize, which you know, should be the North Star just to feel as good as possible but um it could be important place to start to start the lowest hanging fruit which might be these these fundamentals and hopefully today's chat is maybe to draw some awareness for some people around hey maybe there's something that i'm missing in that space um so guys i encourage you to connect with jess i'll link all your details in the show notes and once again really appreciate you making the time this was super fascinating and and really important conversation to have I really appreciate it anytime. And if anyone has any questions, please like ask away. I love, I love connecting. So. And that wraps up another episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate the support you guys are showing to this platform. If you got some value from this episode, if you enjoyed it, please do share it on your socials with friends and family really helps grow the channel uh, and the mission and everything we're trying to do here with brain tainment. So 
Spread the love. I would be forever grateful. And of course, if you've got some real insights from this episode, hit me up, find me on social, shoot me a message. I'd love to engage and have a chat with you guys. So that's it for now. Until the next episode, thanks again.